0: Hey everyone, producer Tim here. Apologies in advance, but we had a little electrical issue during the taping of this episode, so you'll hear a annoying buzz sporadically as you listen. Please do your best to disregard and enjoy the show. Up the Rails podcast.
1: Demi, and other degenerate forms of fantasy football. Please welcome your host, Ben and James. Off the rails podcast, talking about fucking football. Off the rails podcast, got us to Demi Auction Superflats. All right, Ben, we are here to talk about some news that's happened recently cover free agency after our uh, couple of weeks hiatus here. It's given us a little bit of time to catch up after all of the effort we put into the combine related material. Um, Before we do get to our roundup today, we do just want to mention the news that is going on in our lives with uh, coronavirus, COVID-19. Uh, we are not medical experts, but we will just encourage all of you to follow those processes that healthcare have been providing you. Uh, but we're here to be a reprieve from this pandemic, and so we're here to, uh, to provide you a little insight in the fantasy football world. Ben, anything you want to add?
0: Yeah, so much. Coronavirus, certainly, man, going to gonna have a big impact on yeah, everybody's lives, but the NFL, uh, which is, I think, what we are going to focus on focus on, but, um, NFL draft has officially been canceled to the public. Uh, so it's going to be conducted via a teleconference and I'm sure that it will still be televised in some conventional fashion, but whether or not guys are walking across stages and things like that, I think, I think it's probably not going to happen this year. Um, so that's, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, there is like a, a delay now to the start of off season activities. Uh, do you know, do you know how long that delay is?
1: I don't. I will uh, look into that here just to see if the most recent information on that.
0: Um, it's obviously a, a delay in the offseason activities, it, I guess, has the potential to push everything uh, further back, potentially delaying uh, the start of the season. Um, you know, we don't really know right now. I, you know, as far as like, you know, the, the rookies here for this class also, uh, I believe all NFL scouts um, are no longer allowed to travel. Um, and so you know, any pro days that are going to happen, I don't, I don't really know what, what, if, the, or if those are even going to happen. Um, so there's pro a lot days of guys that may need to, yeah, may need to just stand on the numbers that they have. So that is unfortunate for sure. So, yeah, man, I, you know, way more significant, like real, real world impacts what we, what we were just talking about here. But certainly, you know, this podcast is obviously about, uh, fantasy football and, uh, you know, t- to the extent, uh, that it, affects football we felt like it was definitely worth mentioning but on the whole the plan for the podcast is to honestly try to be a little bit of a reprieve from everything that is going on uh and so you know i we're gonna move past it now and go into some other uh related news um james you want to kick some of that stuff off
1: yeah just uh want to just final point here you know circling back on how long otas have been delayed it is indefinitely Pro days okay. have been canceled. Uh, there's like some coach reporting timelines that have been pushed back and everything too. So all that's going on are these transactions. Uh, and that's what we are here to talk about. Is to talk about uh, the transactions that have happened uh, so far since uh, the new league year, uh, new CBA in place. Uh, there's a lot of change, a lot of dominoes that have happened since that new CBA went into place yesterday sunday um we are recording this podcast on monday march 16th at about uh 8 30 eastern so uh if anything happens on the podcast while we're doing it we'll we'll touch that but anything that happens after the fact we we won't be able to get in so
0: i feel like i feel like the first thing to discuss here honestly is the new cba which by the way is like a huge huge piece of news i mean For at many points in like the years leading up to this getting done, I think there was like some legitimate concern that there was like a pretty sizable gap uh, between the NFL Players Association and the NFL owners. Um, And I, you know, at points I think there was concerns that there was going to be like, you know, maybe a lockout situation or a missed season or something along those lines. And so to get it done in general is awesome. Um, Some of the things that are in there are pretty interesting, I feel like worth highlighting.
1: Yeah, uh minimum contracts have raised a little bit. I think the uh the thing that has the biggest effect on off-seasons right now is just that, you know, before you could use a franchise tag and a transition tag with the new CBA, you can only choose one of those. So that's had some effects on uh, you know, team decision making. The cap was just announced at a little over 198 million dollars uh, for the 2020 league season, so teams have uh, you know, finite, uh, actual numbers to, to work with exact numbers that they can, uh, reference when, when making these decisions. So, uh, you know, there's a lot to unpack in the CBA. It's mostly just been, you know, what are the key points that are, uh, that are being put out in the news right now and how those affect off season. And then from there, you know, we'll hear a trickle out of actual, you know, a little more minutia that is uh, CBA related. The biggest piece of news associated with the CBA was that there will be a 17th game added uh, with the option to start that as soon as the 2021 season. So that won't affect the upcoming season, but it will any any future se- seasons. And we'll need to see how teams and players uh, operate in, in NFL with that long of a regular season. There are also smaller details about roster sizes. Uh, practice squad sizes uh, but we're not going to really dig into those today but we just wanted to you know make sure that we circled up on CBA related news otherwise we can uh, go ahead and start digging into uh, free agents the news that has happened since our last recording which has been over a week so so there's a lot to cover so many things and uh, some landing spots for these free agents also. So I think it's most important for us to kick this thing off with uh, the news, uh, kind of most recent stuff that has happened, things that have the biggest implications on fantasy football. So honestly, Ben, I think it's going to be valuable just to list off the offensive players that, uh, that did get handed that franchise tag.
0: Dude, it was a lot more than I was expecting, honestly.
1: It was. It really was.
0: And there's honestly, as much as anything, there's just some interesting ones. Uh, the whole the whole list is interesting. So, yeah, let's start with the franchise tags. Um, Dak Prescott got franchise tagged. I think that was probably the most expected one. Yep. Um, so he's going to be with the Cowboys for next year, and I'm sure they will look to hammer out that long term deal uh, at some point during this next season or, dude, I you know, who knows, may, maybe before the season even starts. Um, I think Dak wants to get paid like a lot.
1: Yeah, I think he wants. Yeah, he wants to be the number one paid guy. You know, at least until the next guy gets paid. But uh, I don't think he
0: deserves that. And honestly, I I hope the Chiefs pay Patrick Mahomes before Dak Prescott gets paid, because I think a lot of people are going to be looking and be like, "Holy shit, that's a lot of money."
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I I don't know where there's more bargaining power. Like, if Dak, you know, is given a quarterback contract that resets the market, does that give the Chiefs a number to negotiate around with Mahomes or like you know uh, above that? The way it works with quarterbacks is just the most recent top fifteen guy to come up for uh, a contract is gonna just you know be the highest paid guy until another guy does it sure so you know dak dak getting the franchise tag that was expected the the cowboys you know in as they tend to do in all like contract related matters really bungled this thing and and got it to a point where they're having to tag him instead of hammering out a long-term deal after he's had a, a a career a career year
0: Classic cowboys find a way to end up like absolutely maximizing what you have to play pay to keep the players that you want to keep.
1: Yep, um, and, and too, he will uh, he will you know lead to some other news on this podcast also with you know Amari Cooper and what and what happens there. But uh, sure,
0: sure, he, um, that'll be yeah when we get into the actual free agents and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so other franchise tags, franchise tag guys. Derek Henry got franchise tagged by the Titans. Uh, which is a, a fun one. I, you don't normally see running backs get franchise tagged, but like, um, I think th- this feels to me like it's like, oh, yeah, dude, we're going to pay you one more year. We're going to beat the shit out of you again, probably give you like 350, 400 carries. Yep. And then like, we'll, we'll, we'll release you out there and somebody, it's going to be somebody else's problem kind of thing to start over again. But one way or another, man, I think it lines up well for like a monster fantasy season for him.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And uh, we'll see whether or not like this, prompts them to to hammer out a contract. But uh it was a pretty crazy last twenty four hours for the Titans. I mean, as soon as the new league year was uh and the CBA was ratified at that point, they uh signed Tannehill to a four year $118 million contract uh with with a pretty decent amount of guarantees. So that was that was interesting and then uh and then proceeded to tag Derrick Henry. So they'd clearly been able to get something done with Tannehill, maybe they weren't able to get something done with Henry or they just decided they they weren't going to be able to so they made sure they got Tannehill signed and can negotiate with with Henry moving forward. But um yeah, that franchise tag I think was was definitely expected after they got the deal done with Tannehill.
0: Oh, for sure, man. And yeah, that Tannehill deal, I like if honestly, if the Tannehill we saw last year is the Tannehill going forward, that deal is going to be a fucking bargain. If it's the Tannehill that we all knew beforehand, uh, they may be regretting that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if he turns back into a pumpkin this year. I'm really, honestly, for the sake of that team and the players on it, I'm hoping that this is like this is the new look Tannehill and uh, it's an exciting offense this year. But uh, I mean, good on them. I think this is absolutely the right move for the Titans to get both of those guys locked up.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it wouldn't be a shocker, you know with that former Dolphins regime regime, actually having somebody decent in Tannehill and, and, you know, totally screwing it He's up.
0: Just fucking it up. Yeah. yeah that that so, would surprise me. So wouldn't surprise me. The last franchise tag guy is AJ green. And that was the one that I think is probably the one that surprised me the most just because it's like, I, you know, his play on field has been, I would, non-existent and, and or questionable for like, you know, we're talking like two years now. And, uh, And Dude, I feel feel like we got all the signs that he didn't want to be there. And so, you know, for a player in that position and at his age, which he's now, uh, I don't know exactly what it is, in his 30s, you would would think that this would not be like a likely franchise tag candidate, but he's there. And if they are drafting Burrow with the number one overall pick, I actually kind of fucking like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, (laughs) talk about poorly run organizations. Bengals uh right up there with the rest of them I mean you know the AJ Green situation injures himself in preseason sits out the whole year indicates he doesn't want to be there the Bengals refuse to trade him even at the deadline uh and he's again continuing to refuse to play and uh and they're just like yeah we're 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 gonna place the, the tag on you so um He has no leverage. He's not going to be able to like sit out or anything after missing an entire year of football. But uh, you know the Bengals screwed this thing up. Maybe we'll see him traded, and maybe that's what it is. They just want to get some additional compensation. But he's really exciting for this upcoming year. Uh, Yeah, like you said, if Burrow is drafted, the other weapons that are there that that Bengals offense actually turns into something that's you know pretty exciting. With interesting,
0: uh, I dude. I think it's funny. It didn't used to be this, like, expectation or whatever that, like, a rookie quarterback is going to come in and just transform an offense, but we've seen it happen so many times now over the past, like, five or six years that, like, that is pretty much my expectation now. I think Burrow's going to come in, and I think he's going to make all of those offensive weapons more potent, like, pretty much instantly over Andy Dalton. And I'm excited for it.
1: It's Yeah, and and you talk about a skill position group now that is... Joe Mixon, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross for whatever he's worth, and then Auden Tate, and uh, you know need a tight end, but that's that's a pretty good group to work with, and and all their draft picks, outside of that too. So um, Bengals offense should should at least be fun. They probably won't win many games because they never do, but uh, Bengals may actually you know not be a complete dumpster fire to watch this year.
0: It's quite possible. I dude, I'm excited for it. What, one way or another, you know, whether they're awful or not, I, w- I want to see it. Um, what else here, man? We had a transition tag. The Cardinals put a transition tag on Kenyon Drake, and I and I feel like that is like such a uh, you know bury the lead uh, over yep. what actually happened today um, for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they were able to acquire DeAndre Hopkins in a trade from the Houston Texans. And one of the most unbelievable fleecings I have ever seen.
1: No, GM, I'm just GM Bill O'Brien. It's bad.
0: The deal was DeAndre Hopkins and the Texans' fourth round pick for David Johnson and a second round pick, uh, which is crazy. David Johnson's another guy similar to A.J. Green where it's like, when was the last time we saw peak David Johnson? It's, it feels like forever ago. Uh, and That like that exchange in compensation, a second for a fourth, is insane. I, DeAndre Hopkins? Are you kidding me? This guy is like a clear and obvious like top three wide receiver in the league, and, and like has been for every year that he's been in the league. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing?
1: On a, on a great on a great contract too, at like forty million over the next three years, uh, and and put this into comparison to that OBJ trade from last year. Now I know again there's a little age discrepancy there, so that it's not a perfect one for one, but the Browns traded the number seventeen overall number 96 overall, which is the back end of the third round, and Jabril Peppers for yeah, dude, OBJ. Yeah, they, they had to pay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's – that's. so I saw a blurb about, you know, Texans would be willing to trade DeAndre Hopkins sort of thing, and it's just like, okay, yeah, whatever. And, and, then it, and then this happened that quickly, and when I saw that, I was like, well, they better at least get a first for him. Like, whatever else they get, like, you know – is what it is they couldn't even accomplish that uh you know this feels a lot like what i feel like a lot of nba trades end up being where like you see david johnson and whatever he's he's fine but like this guy like his contract is one of those things that any like most good organizations wouldn't trade for like it's just a bad bad contract that has a lot of guarantees at the running back position like over 10 million dollars a year
0: for i think the next two years yeah, dude, it's not a great, it's not a great contract. Uh, yeah, it's not a great contract. No, it's
1: it's it's well,
0: not. I, I just I just don't know. I don't know what exactly is going on here. There has to be some logic to this. You had mentioned off air when we were talking about this earlier that uh, you think that there might be some DeAndre Hopkins, Bill O'Brien rift that would like cause him to do something this stupid. That's almost the only plausible explanation. I
1: don't even think that that can go into like plausible explanation range though. Like, there's no, it bar- there's no. There's no plausible explanation. Like this is just a guy who's bad at his job of being a GM, whatever he is as a coach. But you know, you you can't can't do this. Uh, just quick, like instant reactions for these two players, though. I think this solidifies DeAndre Hopkins for this for this upcoming year. I mean, going to another quarterback—that's awesome. Like, certainly another. I mean, dude, top five wide uh, receiver cut- season, right?
0: Tyler Murray is, I I think, a promising quarterback, but let's not kid ourselves here. That's a downgrade from Deshaun Watson, who is like a proven veteran, like incredibly talented player. Yeah, fair. Now, like he could still have a big year with Kyler Murray, and uh, honestly, that situation last year got fucking weird for DeAndre Hopkins. And I know he still had over 100 catches and like, you know, good yards and touchdown numbers and stuff like that, but it wasn't like his normal elite, elite feed this man. uh, type of situation. And I honestly think, man, that like he is a when the play breaks down magician type of guy and Kylan Roy loves to let the play break down. And I think dude, I think there's gonna be some sweet, sweet magic there. I the unknown is always scary, but I would still like rate this as wherever you had him before, he should at least be at that spot right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. Kind of yeah. Whatever whatever you felt about him. I think this gives him a higher upside though. Cause like, yeah, you said you said things got weird with Deshaun Deshaun and like Will Fuller was his favorite target when, when he was healthy. Like that was, that was weird. Um,
0: it was weird. It was weird. It was almost like DeAndre Hopkins wasn't the best wide receiver in the NFL and also on his team, you know, but some of those yeah. games, man, the, the targets broke down weird. DeAndre Hopkins is a guy though, that you should be feeding 10 targets to every single game. I mean, like he should be like a, a Michael Thomas, the way that Michael yeah. Thomas was this past year. Premier talent uh, at the position. And, like, to the credit, whatever, of the Texans organization over the years, that's usually how he has been utilized. But they got away from it a little bit oddly last year. I am excited to see what he can do with Arizona. You know, the guy who actually does benefit here in this situation, in my mind, is David Johnson getting a fresh start over
1: 100%. 100%, man. This, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much this guy has left in the tank. But at the very least, he's a volume based rb2 right
0: he's going to get the opportunity though and lamar miller's not there anymore man and it's like that's going to be his backfield on a team that wants to run the fucking football man i i I think it is it is a very very intriguing landing spot and honestly i think it breathes some life back into david johnson's value i would expect in the coming days here and i don't know whether what kind of updated rankings are out there right now that take this situation into account but i would expect in the coming days man he's going to buoy up because, like, he was DOA in Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously, this is a substantial amount of compensation, you know, to, to move, to bring this guy onto the team. Now, how much does it say about David Johnson or how much does it say about Bill O'Brien and his relationship with Hopkins or whatever it is? Doesn't really matter. They're gonna, they're, there's an obligation there and a commitment to utilizing that guy, and I'm expecting him to be the fucking back for them next year. And, and that's, like, something that's going to generate fantasy value. If he is any semblance of who he used to be, it could generate a lot of fantasy value.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um you no, know, Duke Johnson's still there. So he he can't be ignored, but it's clear they won't they won't feed that guy like a workhorse. And so I think David Johnson will be the guy with with Duke as the um you know third down complimentary piece. But uh yeah, I think I think this is a good trade for fantasy purposes for for both of these guys. Uh as somebody who lives in Arizona, I mean I'm gonna have to go to a Cardinals game now. Just this this oh, offense yeah, is, is going to be fun to it. watch. This offense is going to be fun to yeah. watch. Uh,
0: it is. It was already fun to watch, but it's going to be. Do I think it's going to be a lot more fun to watch this this next year? I think with you know everyone having kind of a year in the new system and getting to settle in a little bit, I think it's going to be exciting.
1: Yeah, and we do need to just briefly touch on Kenyon Drake too. I mean, oh this, yeah, because we brought this, him up and then yeah. just
0: totally ignored him.
1: Yeah, this makes this guy locked in RB two. I feel like at this point uh which is which I mean, is yeah, kind of so, crazy i don't so really so the cards like him. did
0: transition tag him and like i so the assumption i think is at this point he's going to play for the cardinals next year and like yeah this definitely shows a commitment to him and yeah i, I um i mean obviously not a long term commitment but a commitment to him this year assuming they don't do anything crazy in the draft i think it would be safe to assume that like yeah man he's probably he's probably a locked in rb2 for me i would guess maybe on the higher end I don't know man he he yeah, looked phenomenal uh um, down the stretch of this last season and if there's any real chance that he can do that again I, yeah dude i think he's he's in that conversation for you know mid early second I, I don't know I, I I would have to go look at my records that sounds crazy saying it but maybe that's what it would be
1: I mean yeah dude he uh if he's Cliff Kingsbury's like chosen workhorse running back in that offense like that's that's a great fantasy asset whether or not Drake can handle that, you know, whatever else, like that's a discussion that's, for another that's day. That's a big question. But yeah. like this uh, – this Looks good these, on the surface. These transactions as a whole together, uh, you know, have really buoyed the stock of every – you know, at least kept the same – this all the stock of the guys involved in the trade, and that doesn't always tend to be the case. Circling back on uh, just kind of some other points of news. Again, we hit on that uh, Tannehill contract when, when we covered um, – Derek Henry, the Falcons released fa-
0: Falcons. Yeah,
1: yeah, man. They released Devontae Freeman.
0: <clears throat> I'm so I'm so about it. And like I, this isn't necessarily a knock on Freeman. Although honestly, them releasing him is a knock on Freeman. I, you know, I think that's gonna hurt his value. Uh, dude, you know, we'll we'll see where he lands and like what kind of expected role he's supposed to have. But I maybe there's not a lot left in the tank for Freeman. Um. More importantly for me, though, this opens up uh, a spot in the Atlanta backfield for a running back to enter, and I think that is, like, a super exciting landing spot for a rookie running back specifically.
1: Yeah, and they've been taking, like, day three shots on guys, like, every year, you know? It's like Brian Hill, Ito, um, Quadre, Oleson, you know, these these guys, like...
0: Those guys are all okay. Yeah, they're they're okay. They're fine.
1: But they're not. They're fine. Yeah, this, yeah, this is a they're spot that running backs. you see a, a day one, day two running back go to this to the Falcons. That's that's a premier landing spot at this point, unless they go out and uh, and do something in free agency. And considering their like cap situation, I, I can't imagine that that's that that's the move here. Um,
0: I mean, uh, dude, for me, it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and like, we'll we'll get to the free agents here in a second, but like some of this is, I, you know, dude, there's just not a whole lot out there to really go after. So, yep. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a team to watch to draft a running back, um, other Falcons news. Uh, Austin Hooper is no longer going to be with the Falcons next year. Cause he signed a deal with the Browns for four years and 44 million, including 23 million guaranteed. Um, the Browns had David Njoku, James. Yeah. What are they doing? What's going on?
1: Uh they're going to the heavy is it is it 12 personnel or 21 personnel, two tight end. This is the new offense for them.
0: So you think that it's going to be Austin Hooper and David Njoku and on the field together all the time
1: with Jarvis Landry, OBJ, and whichever of the Chubb Hunt? guys out there i mean no i'm I'm just trying to be optimistic that sounds (laughs)
0: fucking terrifying (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but i also think that's not what's happening here no it's very i I think this is a little bit of an indictment on njoku uh, what's happening here
1: it it is it is and and uh and austin hooper got paid like what four years 44 um
0: yeah he got paid
1: so you know good for him whatever man as somebody who's been invested in the process browns I'm all for them, you know, getting some extra pieces in there. Austin Hooper wouldn't have been the guy I, I thought would would be a game-breaker, but really, at the skill positions, you know, like you said, as we get in more into the free agents, there aren't a lot of, like, skill position guys that are difference-makers at this point, so uh, and, and, and it's not like the Browns are going to go get Amari Cooper or something, you know? So like no, this, that'd be,
0: that'd be ridiculous. This is what they
1: were, you know, trying to solve at, at the tight end position. They obviously didn't feel settled with Njoku and, and I'm mostly disappointed because I like Njoku.
0: I, I totally understand, man. I like Njoku too. He was one of my favorite tight end prospects uh, coming out of the draft. His athletic profile was awesome. And dude, he still is like an exciting player when, when he's healthy, I don't know, man, but like, there's obviously signs here that like, it's, it's not coming together for him. Um, like, I think we were all kind of hoping or expecting. So, uh, on other tight end news, the Falcons have actually acquired a tight end to replace Austin Hooper. They have traded with the Ravens for Hayden Hurst, former first round pick. James, do you know what the compensation in that deal was?
1: It was actually pretty decent. Um, so it, I think it was Hayden Hurst and a f- fifth for a second and a fourth. So they got um, they a got a good decent deal, amount honestly. in return. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they got to say, you know, former first round pick. They've kind of, you know, they've absorbed that uh, that tight end growth curve for um, for the Falcons, right? Like this is a guy he was kind of old coming in anyway, entering in year three. Could be a breakout, and for the Ravens, they just didn't need him. You know, they have Mark Andrews, and they seem to like Nick Boyle more as a blocking tight end, anyway. So, it made it made real sense for them to do this.
0: I I agree, and I think uh, the price tag might be a little bit steep based on what like Hayden Hurst has produced or whatever. But yeah, he has first round pedigree, and I do think that he's a talented player, and he has progressed. Um, I think he's a pretty exciting guy, honestly, on the Falcons. He's a guy that I'm not sure where he'll end up slotting in for for like a, you know, redraft type tight end rankings here. But even for dynasty purposes, man, this is a huge, huge jump for him. I mean, he was sitting in a situation buried behind Mark Andrews to all of a sudden now being the tight end for the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Yeah. You know a position I, that gets that gets a <clears throat> decent amount of touches. I mean, Austin Hooper just got paid from from doing it. So, uh yeah. valuable spot for him to land again, man. It, Very. You were seeing these the big these, these deals. It,
0: it, yeah. I do they're crazy crazy trades. Um, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, he's the real winner, I think. Um Austin Hooper's kind of a loser here going to the Browns in my opinion. I do I, I don't know cuz I feel like Njoku still could be involved. Um and then I think Mark Andrews also a winner. Cuz now that's like He's the tight end on that team. He did not get like a full fucking snap load, either of the first two years of his career. No, uh, Hayden Hurst got in there a lot, and so did some other guys. Nick Nick Boyle they always was, have the, like 12, was the big, yeah, like twelve tight ends. Guy.
1: Yeah, um, it's it, dude, it's it's a good deal for everybody. I, yeah, I think well, the Browns, the Browns, honestly, the Browns offense as a whole. It's like really difficult to project for next year at this point, right? You've got OBJ and Jarvis like fighting for who's the wide receiver one. Now you've got these two tight ends in the mix, and you have two running backs in the mix, In Chubb and Hunt. Plus, the you know, what happened with um you know Baker's season last year, kind of having that sophomore slump. Like there's a lot of like it's very difficult to project this team moving forward and I th- I think at all the skill position groups, like you're betting on talent with most of these guys, right? Like obviously Chubb over hunt still like we had a back and forth in our, uh, buy and sell podcast about, you know, Jarvis versus OBJ for season long. Like who's the guy there. So now just add in the tight end group too. It's just like that whole offense is like pretty muddled and we'll, we'll see how things kind of shake out the rest of the off season.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I, don't know, I am excited to hopefully see the Browns improve this next year, but there's there's a lot of talented players, and if unless they're able to figure out how to like you know gain a lot more yards and score a lot more points, people some people are going to be left out in the cold. So for sure, let's finish off some of these other news things here. Cowboys uh, signed Blake Jarwin to a three-year extension, twenty-four million. That seems like a lot.
1: It was only like eight million guaranteed or something like nothing, okay. nothing, nothing crazy. But like you know, this guy got some money. Uh, he's athletic, tight end. Again, who knows? Like, it seemed like every time this guy touched the ball last year, he did something with it at that tight end position. Like, he looked way better out there than Witten. Obviously, uh, we'll see whether or not you know they include him in the offense. That the Cowboys' tight end under Dak, you know, hasn't been that great of a fantasy asset. So,
0: no, uh, I, I consider that minor news. I am still not interested in Blake Jarwin. Yep. Uh, Chiefs exercise Damian Williams 2020 option that's to me what day did that happen
1: uh, today yesterday or today
0: yeah I, uh, I, I it, like I guess I'm not going to say it's it's saddens me but it'll dampen a little bit I'm not going to say dampen even if, if a rookie goes there in day one or two I'm still going to be crazy excited for it because at the end of the day man this is like a it's a one year deal you know, and and even still, if the rookie starts playing better than him, they're going to put him in. So, um, yeah, I don't. At the very least, though, the Chiefs have got a a backup plan here. If if say they aren't able to land the running back that they want in the draft,
1: yeah, I guess I don't understand like the tone with this. This was something I totally expected to happen. It was only you know two point three million for this one year deal for him after he maybe should have been the Super Bowl MVP.
0: After that performance, I mean, like... Honestly, I don't give Damian Williams enough credit. Yeah. He played great down the stretch for our team. He played awesome in the Super Bowl. Uh, As a Chiefs fan, big Damian Williams fan, you know, for fantasy purposes, man, I feel like if you got a guy that like can between the tackles grind better than he can, you could get a guy that, like, is out on the field, like, uh, almost all the time and, you know, racking up some crazy fucking fantasy totals that, you know, we haven't seen yet under the Patrick Mahomes era because they haven't had a running back they can do it Kareem Hunt I mean,
1: Kareem Hunt was sick Hunt. until he got suspended he was sick in that role yeah. dude it was so he was good sick it was so good so
0: it was so good dude it was oh my god it's a beautiful beautiful thing I and like I just sit there and imagine like a DeAndre Swift doing that role I know it was just like oh, god I know
1: and, and I know that's exactly what this is all about Actually, this has nothing yeah. really to do with Damian Williams, Chiefs fandom, anything. This was <laughs> hope, your hope, hope that they shut wouldn't up, bring this up. guy back just to create a more <laughs> vacuum of touches for any of these upcoming running backs. I mean, we both know that that's what this is really about. Um,
0: partially, partially. Well, whatever, man. I am always excited for like my rookie running backs to get clean landing spots sure. where there is a like minimal path of resistance to becoming the lead dude.
1: Dude, it's it is it is what it is. I just I think as a Chiefs fan, this is a good thing. Even within fantasy football, Damian Williams is somebody who might have value and, and yeah, it would be a great landing spot for any of these rookie running backs, but really all this does is maybe, you know, ding their value a little bit for next year and if they get drafted and show that they're the dude, you know, they'll be the guy moving forward after that. So um great for the Chiefs. You know, good good overall news, something something that was expected to happen, I think. Uh, especially at, at just for, that $2.3 million dollar number.
0: Good for the Chiefs. The number's good. Uh, definitely doesn't preclude them from drafting a running back, but I, I you know, I, it was a good move to make. I expect them to. Um, yeah. Uh, last little piece of news here. Bears signed Jimmy Graham. Two-year, $16 million deal. Thoughts? Uh, what,
1: whatever, dude. I don't want to talk about the Bears. We've got a lot of other shit to talk about that offense is is a shit show and that tight end group is even more of a shit show i want nothing to do with it
0: i agree they have too many tight ends there now i think they signed demetrius harris and then they did they still have trey burton and yeah. um, adam Sh- adam shaheen I don't know. adam shaheen yeah i really do. yeah i'm not really sure what they're trying to do there oh and by the way i don't know if you mentioned it or not but mitchell trubisky's awful
1: He's, oh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's inherent in any conversation you're having about the Bears offense. Uh, supposedly they're bringing in competition. Seen some, some rumors from, you know, all the, all the free agency quarterbacks kind of floating around here. But, uh, yeah, don't, don't really have, uh, too much interest in, in, in spending very much time on Jimmy Graham or that Bears offense. Yeah. I
0: don't either. I don't either. I'd much rather talk about, uh, the actual free agents, which, you know, I, you know, this is, domino these dominoes should start falling some of them already have yep um how do you want to lead into this man do you want to talk about the quarterback carousel
1: yeah 100 i mean i think that that even that trubisky conversation was like a perfect segue into it right like we we this offseason is going to have a crazy amount of change at that quarterback position uh you know with with guys that are nfl starters and uh some that are have been franchise players and we're looking at just an, an offseason of change here at that quarterback position, especially that is that feels unprecedented. And and I think like it it just starts and ends with Tom Brady, and and what that sure, what dude, that domino
0: is. I, I there's a piece of me, man, that really honestly like doesn't want to see Tom Brady play for another team. It's like can't you just retire as a Patriot and you know let that be the thing as a what? football fan. What? That's what but I want as, to see.
1: as a Chiefs fan, get him the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah, I mean what? You are you think he's gonna go to the AFC dude or the that, NFC? Or, all I know is
1: Ben, you and I were in Arrowhead Stadium when Tom Brady ripped our heart out in the AFC championship yeah. game last dude, year. That's
0: not that's not the situation anymore, man. Uh, we we've we have Patrick Mahomes now. That's the trump card. We, we had Patrick I, Mahomes know,
1: then. I'm just saying I would rather yeah, I, I want Patrick Mahomes Toddy...
0: gets better every year and, and and Brady's skills are declining. So
1: Yeah, this feels like the the husband and wife that are just, you know, fighting over attention here and Brady wants more attention with the Patriots and I eventually he's like, "Look, watch out, you know, I'm 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 leaving. I'm I'm getting out of here. You can stop me before I get to the car." Oh, uh, you know, I'm almost out of here. And that's and yeah, that's, and that's what's I going honestly, on. Here. What
0: does he want, though? What does he actually? He wants want? he more, wants to mo- leverage money? into more
1: offensive weapons. I don't think he gives a yeah. fuck about money. This is like negotiation back and forth where he's like, you know, I want to be, you know, treated like one of the top guys, and he probably feels like he's even owed, you know, money for for all the discounts he's taken over the over the years. But like, I think he wants to just he wants to feel wanted. He's like, I'm Tom Motherfucking Brady. Make me feel special, and Bill Belichick is I mean, like, I don't make anybody feel special, and you're 42 years old, Tom. So, uh, you know, I'm going to trade you in for a younger, hotter model.
0: The, here's the problem, though, with this with this storyline, though, James, is that there isn't like some awesome younger, hotter model laying around that the the Patriots have on like three or four different occasions drafted Tom Brady's successor. Yep. I mean, they've been doing it now for years, and they've actually done it relatively successfully. That's uh, exactly my point. Tom Brady keeps playing, and so they've had to trade all of them up. No, my point is they don't have a backup plan right now. Right there now. isn't a younger, hotter model on, on roster, and so it's like, yeah, I man, as far as the 2020 season is concerned, the Patriots would be up shit creek without a paddle if they didn't have Tom Brady. Either that, or they'd be mm. featuring, like, Teddy Bridgewater or yeah. Philip Rivers, maybe. Philip Rivers Patriots would be interesting, was, but...
1: As much of the greatness that that Tom Brady represents. And he's, you know, he's the GOAT at the quarterback position. I think Bill Belichick is the ultimate, ultimate, like, coach GOAT. And he's, if Tom Brady leaves, then he's going to be, again, going back to, like, this divorce fighting, like, metaphor. He's going to be, like, the dad that after he gets divorced, you know, gets really into, like, Muay Thai or something or CrossFit. And is like, I'm going to show you that I'm better than you. And, like, that's exactly what Bill Belichick is going to do here. And I trust <laughs> I mean, him more than Tom Brady's talent, like, to replace him and figure it out. I mean, like you, you just said, they're great at drafting quarterbacks. They've, they've done a good honestly, job. They'll figure honestly, it out.
0: here's my, here's my opinion, man. Uh, I, short of, like, a Phillip Rivers landing there or, or some, like, crazy Drew Brees scenario, there's absolutely nobody – no, 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 none, none of those things. There's nobody that Bill Belichick is going to be able to go to a Super Bowl with next year – other than Tom Brady, it's like it would be it would be foolish for that team to not lock down Tom Brady. And likewise, I don't think there's a team that Tom Brady could go to where he's going to take them to the Super Bowl next year. Right. It's, it's like the Tom the Tom Brady Bill Belichick connection mind meld whatever. At this point, is so valuable that like yes, dude, the two of them separated um, are not anywhere near as valuable as the whole. It, at least at least not with, not with like the alternative options.
1: Which is exactly why Brady's like, make me feel special. Bill, I just wanna know that you love me and that you're gonna stop looking at other women at the bar. That's all this is about. They'll figure it out. And this whole thing they always do, man. Like again, this is like this is one of those conversations we've been having for years. They know they're the best with each other. They both just wanna feel special. And and it's really cute that they've, you know, done all this in public but you know Robert Kraft is just going to come in and be like all right Tom let's just you know all right Bill can can we win football games now
0: yeah i agree i think that's that's probably how that's going to go down so these other quarterbacks James uh Philip Rivers
1: he's gone he's gone we know he's not going back to the he's chargers gone.
0: that that one's already official and honestly man he might be the most exciting free agent name um I there's a piece of me that feels like, oh, we'll just to like bang through some of these other guys here of like significant significance, Jameis Winston. I, I There's a piece of me that feels like he ends up back in Tampa Bay. Um, and then like past that, man, you got like Case Keenum, Marcus Mariota, uh, Teddy Bridgewater at, at, out of that group. I'm, I'm into Bridgewater. I guess Mariota makes for an intriguing backup, but it's like, yeah, I mean, Philip and Jameis, I think are like the, the other two here. If all of those guys fall uh, back to their original teams. Phillip Rivers is the one that is going to be the guy where it's like, where are you going to end up?
1: Yep. Yeah, after After Brady, like assuming he goes back to the Patriots, Rivers is kind of the guy that, that holds all the cards here. And, um, you know, there's also some other insecurity at, at this quarterback position too, right? Like we've got the Panthers, like what's happening with Cam. Uh, Bengals are obviously moving on from Andy Dalton. Like that, he's, he's going to be a domino. The Raiders... Uh, with with Derek Carr they've been somebody who's been in a lot of trade discussions Chicago Bears uh you know we we both talked about yeah how, but dude, forget, like, forget uh, that I
0: think I think they still want to give Mitch a chance I don't know that they want to oust Carr for a veteran from the division I do like the team I'm looking at right now thinking I could see this happening Is Philip Rivers to the Colts
1: yeah him him or the uh or the bucks. I, I yeah I, you the know. bucks
0: the bucks too Jameis would be in a shitty situation if that happened and dude Philip River to the Bucs uh would be I think pretty exciting for fantasy yeah um, I, I agree I say that I'd rather have Jameis, honestly the, because here's the thing about fantasy man like when you're like wide receivers for a quarterback that makes a ton of mistakes but throws an insane amount of volume the mistakes don't matter.
1: You know, no, they don't like Chris those,
0: God, Chris Godwin didn't lose any points for the interceptions that Jameis Winston threw. you know,
1: yeah, those points don't count against you. Yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, with these quarterbacks again, you know, the Titans, they were, they were one of our like top teams here before this Tannehill news. And, you know, now they're locked into him. They're not going to go get another quarterback. Uh, we obviously know Joe, uh, Joe Burrow going to the Bengals, like that takes care of that. How good of a landing spot even is the chargers? Like that, the skill position group is is decent, right?
0: It's solid. I, I you know with Melvin Gordon presumably leaving there, um, and they've got Austin Eckler signed. You know, I, I'm 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 okay with Austin Eckler. I think hey, he's pretty good. Um, the wide receiver group: Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. That's pretty good. Hunter Henry's a good tight end. Uh, on the whole, I would say it's a good group. I so yeah, I would I would think it's an intriguing landing spot
1: yeah man uh i i think yeah skill position groups decent um we'll see what happens uh with with veterans there tyrod taylor's in place you know that that is what it is but
0: you know these what do you think about tom brady in la Ooh, that sounds sexy doesn't it i mean again
1: he's gonna leave the patriots to go play for the chargers who like
0: I mean, dude, it sounds haven't sexy in like a David Beckham a kind of way, game. not not like in an actual like football kind of way.
1: See, this is the thing about Tom Brady. That motherfucker wants to win, which is why, again, he's going to go back to the Patriots. And we've we've talked far too much about the Patriots. But like, I don't know. He's no Tom Brady going to the Chargers? No, just no. The Colts, the Colts that would that would make some sense to me. The Buccaneers, I, I don't know how much sense that makes. Those that skill position group is is good, but like.
0: I, ho- I hope the Chargers just plan to trot out Tyrod next year because uh, I'm a fucking huge Tyrod fan, a, and b, uh, that almost assures that they will not have a successful season. That's <laughs> true. Selfishly, as a Chiefs as a Chiefs fan, and hopefully the Raiders um,
1: just move forward with Derek Carr too.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, well, let's fin- let's finish up quarterbacks here. Just talking briefly about Bridgewater, if he lands in a spot here. Um, what would you, where he gets an opportunity to be a starter? How would you like that? How would you like Bridgewater to say, the Chargers?
1: I mean, what's the point if it's to the Chargers? You know, like Tyrod Taylor is it's kind of just like a smaller.
0: Well, it, Teddy, ignore Teddy, that. Teddy We're talking about whether or not whether or no, not Bridgewater I what would you're be saying. an interesting think, fantasy prospect for you.
1: I think he's like a QB two or something. You know, low end, mid mid to low end. I guess where wherever he lands up, we saw what he was with the Saints. You know he's a game manager. He's out there. He's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to take a lot of shots downfield. So I, from if I was a football team with an un, unsettled you know a fan base with an unsettled quarterback position, I'd be pretty happy with with Teddy Bridge. I'd be like, okay, fine. You know we're, we're we'll get to win some games this year if if our team's really good. Uh, you know, like I think that Buccaneers team was was pretty decent. Bridgewater, you know, landing there, whatever. Colts too like somebody that can actually manage the game and, and keep the ball moving forward. But I think, you know, overall, the only people that are really going to be excited about Teddy Bridgewater signing anywhere are people that own Teddy Bridgewater in dynasty leagues.
0: I agree with that. I'd rather talk about the running backs. Now Those quarterbacks. Honestly, man, I think most of them end up back in the spots that they came from, but, yep. um, Running backs, man, that group honestly got pretty pretty thinned out with the news today from Derrick Henry and Kenyon Drake to the point where it's, like, not very exciting. It's I mean, not. you've got Melvin Gordon, um, who I think is, at this point, the the guy of, of interest. And Devontae uh, but Freeman. I bet he's going to want a lot of money. Yeah, Devontae Freeman is now on that list. Uh, past that man, like, Jordan Howard, Deion Lewis, I you know, and then some other guys that it, are never going to make a huge fantasy impact. So um what do you like for melvin gordon
1: yeah uh who team wise i think um you know we could be looking at in free agency you know it's so hard to predict running back landing spots like the texans you know they would have been uh, a, a pretty decent landing spot for running back we yeah, obviously dude, covered we... that the dj
0: we had them as like a in this little exercise we did as a tier one, like one of two tier one landing spots for a running back. So yep. um for the purposes here, yeah, dude, DJ DJ got a good deal. Um but that's not yep, not a good spot anymore. Uh you know, do the Bucks? Well.
1: That's you know, that's that's done. Bucks is a decent landing spot. Dolphins, uh, you know, they just they spent a bunch of money today. They made Byron Jones the highest paid corner after making Xavier Howard, the highest paid corner last off season, they're spending some money. So maybe they want to bring in a veteran running back there. Still think that's an awesome landing spot for a rookie Titans. I, is I agree. Off the board I with still hope
0: Henry. Yeah. Titans is off the board with Derrick Henry. Uh, Falcons is wide open. Maybe they would pay to bring in a Melvin Gordon, but honestly, man, I mean, that's a team that I feel like usually drafts their running backs.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, why would you cut Devontae Freeman only to bring in Melvin Gordon? It seems pretty counterintuitive.
0: I would mean, do Melvin Gordon's better. I uh, let's true. make no bones about it. He's That's always true. been better, and he's he's you know looked better last year, uh, even if it wasn't as good as he's looked in the past. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what Melvin Gordon gets paid, but I'm assuming some team's gonna give him something and plan to start him. So I, you know, we'll wait and see where it ends up.
1: Yeah, I'm just wondering who that team it you know. It was the Jets last year that were willing, you know, to spend to spend for a running back, and they were seemingly bidding against themselves to pay Lev. I'm wondering about like, I, you know, the 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 Redskins, who are you know normally one of the teams that will overpay. They've already got running backs. I, I can't see that happening. I'm trying to look at like, you know, who are the poor decision makers as as franchises, and can they can they make that move? And and so I don't think that there's really anywhere. I, I mean, I don't see Melvin Gordon really getting above like an RB two moving forward. I guess is really just where I'm going with this at this point. Yeah, it's like, it's
0: dude. It's possible. It's certainly possible. I think some of the top landing spots are going to end up going to rookies. I'm not sure where Melvin Gordon's going to get signed, and I'm not even totally sure that it necessarily guarantees that he's going to have like a bell cow role like he's had in the past. So I, you know, for me, he's definitely the best available running back. Uh, but landing spots going to dictate a lot here still yet, uh, you know, what his situation is next year. I mean, dude, as far as, as like Jordan Howard and Dion Lewis go, I you know, those are guys that I, regardless of where they land, I, I'm, I'm never going to expect them to be the lead backs at this point in their career. So, I mean, for me, mostly this year, the open spots are the, are the rookies spots to, you know, to lose here. And I'm hoping some of these teams are smart because there aren't a ton in the way of free agent options here. And I'm hoping some of these teams with holes, you know, bring in, bring in some of the rookies to the top spots. It'd be nice.
1: Yep. And, uh, you know, that's really, it's really it on, on running backs. Uh, that list isn't, isn't great. And honestly, you know, we get here to, to the wide receiver list too. It's, it's better, but uh, you know, the definite game changer on the board. Uh, and that we know, is a free agent now. After Dak got franchise tagged though, is is Amari Cooper?
0: Yeah, man, and I, I he's the only guy on here that, in my opinion, is a white receiver one. Um, and I, I think he's also the guy who's most likely to like land back with his with his current team. I, you know, there's going to be a relatively unexciting free agency when it comes to the skill positions. I, we'll, we'll see if Amari goes someplace else, man. That's that's a pretty exciting move. Although, honestly, if, if you're an Amari owner, I think you, you want him to end up back with the Cowboys. That's been a, this has been a good situation for him. Um, and I think definitely if you're a DAC owner, too, you want to see that happen. And, and like, honestly, man, like, I, you know, Jarrah gonna Jera. It's gonna be one of these things where it's like Amari's gonna get paid and, and he's gonna stick around. They, they traded a fucking, like, whatever, dude, a King's Ransom to bring him in there in the first place. They would be foolish not to sit there and, and extend him here.
1: Yep, and again, they just they bungled it. They should have extended him from the moment they brought him in, instead of whatever the hell they've been doing. So
0: idiots. I mean, dude, whatever. Playing hardball until it's like, yeah, no, average salaries increase every year, guys. It's like you know, eventually you've got to pay this guy. Just do it early. Like literally, that's the secret to keeping the salaries down. Do it early and extend them for a long time.
1: Yep. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, you know, like you said, Amari's most likely to go back to Dallas. I do think that there are some landing spots that are interesting though, you know, for, for a wide receiver like him, for, for some of these other names that we, uh, that we're going to mention here. You know, I think about if Amari does leave, right. uh, Definitely not going to go back with the Raiders, uh, which would be funny if that's how the whole thing worked out. They got the first round pick and he went back. That'd be horrible for Amari owners, but yes.
0: Although they desperately need wide receiver help.
1: They do. They do uh giants and packers great landing spot area for them i don't know i mean you know packers aren't going to pay another wide receiver to be there but giants uh that that could make some sense the eagles and bills or the other guys that we had as as you know top tier wide receiver options here in free agency and i still i think if amari hit the open market uh the Gee, bills the eagles
0: would be sexy i would love that the bills would be a great spot too yeah
1: yeah Eagles would be really sexy uh without a wide receiver. One, you know, I'd rather the wide receiver be tied to Carson Wentz than, dude. This, than, this is the problem. Josh I'm, like, look,
0: I'm looking at the list of what we even have as like the tier one landing spots for wide receivers, and I don't know that any of them are better than him. Not just returning to Dallas. I don't think any of them are. I mean, like, sure, I'd be interested to see him with Aaron Rodgers, but they've got Devonte Adams. I'd be interested to see him with Philadelphia and Carson Wentz, but it's like, dude, Wentz is. Uh, you know, jury's still out a little bit. He's had some of his, his struggles. You and I are both big Wentz fans, but yep. um, Josh Josh Allen definitely jury jury's still out. Even though he has looked very promising, uh, you know, there's none of these situations that I feel like would be a better a better like locked in um, known quantity. You know what you're getting. It's going to be high end uh, than the Dallas situation,
1: for sure. So let's just go ahead and, and and pivot to these other guys that, that may be good uh and that, that are available for for those landing spots. So we've got yeah. Robbie Anderson from the Jets, free agent, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, formerly Steelers, Broncos, and then uh, finishing out with the Niners last year, and then Brashad Perriman, who is somebody who uh, really rehabbed his fantasy value last year in that uh Arians Jameis offense. In Tampa Bay and you know is actually a, a decently exciting guy here in in the open market so you know Dude, where
0: it's so funny he's been worth nothing or had been worth nothing for a while now and you know what, quite frankly is still close to worth nothing um, but like he had an amazing final few games down the stretch uh, with Tampa Bay last year and certainly shown that he's capable of some of that higher end production if given opportunities and and like yeah man, he represents an interesting skill set. If he went to Buffalo, let's say, I'd yeah. be intrigued.
1: Philly too, like the deep threat that the, the, the Deshaun was supposed to be. You know, before injuries. I would honestly injuries. say Did the he... same
0: thing about about Robbie Anderson. I like find yeah. both of these guys intriguing in that similar type of a role. They do it differently, but like I I think teams would envision having a similar role for those guys um and either one of them it's like yeah i mean if they landed in one of these top spots like a robbie anderson in philly dude that'd be pretty fucking interesting man honestly
1: it would yeah bills bills too i mean you know robbie Anderson's going to get way more money than perriman i feel like i don't you know i don't think perriman's like rehabbed his value to where he's going to get more than like five or six a year and and it looks like robbie anderson's going to be more in the double digit range but still you know we've we've these are some guys that can actually be. Uh, you know, Robbie Anderson can probably be a good wide receiver too for a team. Perriman's probably more like a wide receiver three. But uh these are guys that can contribute to rosters, and then Emmanuel Sanders, totally different type of wide receiver, right? Like more focused on route running and, and beating his guy one on one. Uh I yeah, I see him old, as a slow. I see him as a great compliment to Devontae Adams in Green Bay. Like that, okay, that I can that, see that. That could be something um you know, I I don't know where else. You know, we've got other ones that are kind of in our tier two of like the Dolphins. Like anybody landing on the Dolphins, like immediate, like going to get targets. Seems like Ravens uh, wide receiver group is is wide open too. Uh, Colts, Broncos. I mean, we've got a lot of. Uh, I'm just looking through this. We actually have a lot of twos uh, in, in our group. We do
0: have a lot of twos. A lot of those are teams that are like you know have spots but aren't necessarily awesome awesome landing spots like or awesome passing attacks. Yep. Um but yeah, dude, I you know, like the, like the Ravens for instance, I, yeah, I mean, dude, that's an exciting spot but questionable volume. Um you know, s- same thing with I guess the Broncos uh, questionable quality of quarterback play. I, you know, I so there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks there, but dude, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for upgrade at wide receiver. But you know what? Again, man, this is one of those situations where it's like, yeah, dude, a few of these guys are going to get signed, but they're going to be depth signings. That's like the guys that we're talking about, these three guys. That's all that they're going to be. Um, most of these teams, dude, are going to go fucking hard on this epic wide receiver class in this upcoming draft, and that's where like a lot of these holes are going to end up getting filled.
1: One hundred percent, man. So just uh, finishing up here, really, you know, the tight end news that has happened, kind of. Killed what was what was going to be available in this group. Um, You know, we were looking at uh, both Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper being being free agents. Hunter Henry got franchise tagged, and then obviously we talked about the Hooper deal before. Uh, You know, Greg Olson was one of the few interesting guys. He signed with the Seahawks. Uh, I think really the only guy worth noting is Eric Ebron, and that should really be discussed. You've got guys like Jordan Reed, Tyler Eifert, like injury concerns, whatever, but like. And Ebron probably has those too, but Ebron's the guy that I'm looking at in of these available tight ends that that could, you know, maybe go and contribute to a team.
0: Yeah, dude, I like Ebron. I've always liked Ebron. Um, you know, he was obviously he was an early first round pick, um, he, a fa- fabulous athletic profile. You know, str- struggled a little bit to produce early in his career, but like with Indy, I, you know, he at least had a monster fantasy season—not this past year, but the year before. Um, I think he's an intriguing prospect if he goes to a place that's going to use the tight end. Um, I don't really honestly know where that hole exists right now, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still at least listening when it comes to Ebron, you know, as far as like Jordan Reed and Eifert go, um, I'm most, mostly out. I, you know, those guys, if they land anywhere, you know, it's going to be reserve roles and it's for the exact same reason, dude. Those guys are just a, like, career-ending concussion waiting to happen i i you know they're they're like both the exact same case study and guys that were like extremely talented um but just like concussion after concussion and i you know i don't think are ever going to be the same players even though they can, they've both flashed as recently as the last times they've been on the field
1: yep and uh, honestly any nfl team out there trying to get a tight end this year is in a rough spot which is probably why we saw the browns overpay so much for for austin hooper you know the chargers be forced to to tag hunter henry uh you know this tight end group of rookies isn't great either so um you
0: know yeah it's not i mean dude there's a couple of teams that need tight ends the falcons uh were one of them with hooper a free agent but obviously now they've locked that up the pats you know Definitely could do something to to patch up the position. Ebron would be an interesting fit up there. I would actually find that quite intriguing. Um, And maybe that would help kind of like sway Brady back into the mix kind of thing.
1: Oh, here Uh, it is. Oh, you know what? You were were going to leave. completed the loop. Yeah, you were were going to leave. uh, But we got you Eric Ebron. So now you
0: have to say, <laughs> "Well, dude, whatever, man." It's, <laughs> okay. I didn't say it was perfect. Okay, I'm just All saying right, far just as far as landing spots I, go, I, that needed to be mentioned. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, if if Ebron went there, though, tell me you wouldn't be at least a little bit excited.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know the touchdown upside, whatever that. You know that's that's something. Um. Uh, but yeah, again, it'd it,
0: probably it, be like mis, misguided excitement, but I would be excited nonetheless.:
1: Sure. I don't think I mean, yeah, it would probably be misguided. It'd just be one giant fake out from, from Bill Belichick, like, "Oh, Tom, you thought this was going to be the difference? Haha, weren't you wrong?
0: No, I'd go and like buy an Ebron share, and then like the following week, I'd find out Brady signed in L.A. is what would happen.
1: Yeah, uh, we well- actually do have an Ebron share, so uh, arrows up if that happens.
0: Arrows up if that happens. Okay, James, I feel like this about wraps it up, man.
1: Thank you to everybody for joining us for the Off the Rails podcast. We appreciate all of your listens. Stay f- safe out there. Uh, please go and interact with us on social media at Off the Rails FF and uh, be on the lookout for on Thursday later this week where uh, Ben and I are going to cover up the draft strategy for those uh fellow dynasty degenerates out there I uh, give you guys some strategy tips uh, for any startup drafts off the rails.